Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can create an amazing business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Hey, hey, welcome back to My Business Playbook. I'm your host, Laura Higgins. You can call me Lala. Now, today we are joined by Ida Asser from Honor Heal. Now, Ida is a therapist and coach for women in business who want to get things done. She's a productivity coach and mentor using her background as a counselor and psychotherapist to help women overcome the barriers that stop them from getting things done and stop them from building a life that they love. Now, she mostly works with women in business and her strategies are really simple, effective and unique. So we're going to be talking about productivity today, but we're also going to be talking about race. Now, you might think, what the heck? Like, what? where did that come from? Well, we're actually spending the bulk of our time talking about race. And the reason is, as a woman of color here in Australia, Ida has a really unique perspective that I think we can all learn from. And Ida and I met maybe a year or so ago. She did a one-on-one marketing strategy with me. And we immediately hit it off. And I guess the context is, Recently, we ran a campaign for International Women's Day, and I realized that we'd missed an opportunity to be diverse. We just ended up having, um, all our guests were incredible and beautiful, but they were all white. And so we, we really, I really felt like, actually, I need to do a bit of work in this area. So I spoke with Ida. She was really honest and really authentic and open with me. And we had a really beautiful conversation. And I'm really honored today because I asked her, hey, would you be happy to have this conversation on the podcast and to have me record it so that our audience can hear it? Because I really feel like this is a an important conversation for us to be having and one that I'm really humbled to be a part of. So I'm going deep today. <laughs> you know, I'm asking questions about token invites, things white people should stop saying, and the best way to respond if someone calls you out. And to be fair, I kind of don't like the terminology calls you out, but this is the world we live in. So it's really honest. It's really authentic. I'm going to talk to you about where I've kind of stuffed up in this area and... Ida is just sharing her wisdom with us. So I'm really grateful for my friendship with Ida because she's real, she's honest, she's gracious and kind. And I know you're going to love this conversation. It's going to give you an insight into how to be more inclusive, actually, (laughs) not to just, you know, say the hashtags and say the hashtags, write the hashtags and, and follow the trends, but actually how to do the deep work that's required. So Today, you're really stepping into my lounge room to hear an honest and authentic conversation between myself and my friend, Ida Asir. Let's do it. Ida, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm really, I'm so excited for this conversation. It's going to be great. 
It will be. Me too. I'm super excited. So Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me. So tell me about you and your business and and what you do, because I know you have a number of things going on. So tell me about all the things you do. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So my name is Ida and I basically started off as a counselor and a psychotherapist. And, you know, after seeing a lot of women and helping them with their healing journey you know i kind of noticed that even though they had gained a lot of self-awareness and self-knowledge they were still not taking action you know so that made me decide okay maybe there's a missing ingredient here and that allowed me to look for what that solution could be and that was coaching so then i went and i got my certification in coaching and i now mix the two to help women become more productive because one thing I found was stopping them from acting on the things that they had learned is the fact that they didn't even know how to show up or it's like they'll start showing up and then they'll fall back so it's like they didn't have a proper way to show up that felt good for them and I was like hey okay let's do this like I want you to get fired up about getting things down like not just getting things down for the sake of it so that's where I am right now and I'm pretty excited about you know helping my clients with that. Amazing. And so for you, you mostly work with women. Is it like women in business? Is it women in their professions? Is there a particular type of woman you find yourself working with? Yeah. So new entrepreneurs mainly. So women who have started in business or at least testing the waters because they kind of trying to figure out what it looks like to start a business. So that's kind of like who I work with. I love it. And what do you think in terms of productivity? Because, and like I find for me, it's all well and good to be good at your craft. You know, like for me, I'm in marketing. I'm, I'm, my zone is online marketing, messaging, social media, that that's my zone, but it's actually another ball game altogether to then start going, well, actually if I'm charging for my time and as your time gets more and more valuable, this productivity piece becomes more and more essential, right? It becomes mm. really, um, it, it really is this input and output thing that we need to yeah. be maximizing and leveraging our time and our energy as well. Mm-hmm. And I love for you that you're not about the hustle. You're actually about really making productivity sustainable. Exactly. What what do you think are the big productivity mistakes that people make? Like, are there any productivity myths that you hear all the time? Yeah, all the time. So the main one is the fact that you need to do more if you want to become successful. So Mm. it almost seems like, and you see this message everywhere. Like, it's like, you know, rise and grind. Like, don't sleep until, you know, like all this rubbish getting thrown out there and I think when people see that and most of the times this is coming from the people that we kind of look up to as successful people so when you see that message thrown out there then you kind of step back going well that means I can't get that if I can't show up in that manner right yeah whereas I'm like no that's a myth like you can show up however that feels good for you and the people that I'm really concentrating on are people who believe that they procrastinate because I procrastinate but I procrastinate on purpose so it's like I'm teaching people to procrastinate on purpose because it's a word that has been thrown out in community like we hear the word procrastination and already there's a negative connotation right because we feel like it's a bad thing but no you can use you can actually harness it and you can use it for it to work for you so it's like for a long time I felt like well 
if I'm procrastinating, then that means I can't, you know, really go out there in the business world. Well, yes, I can. And that's why I'm here to teach people, especially women that, hey, you know, if you're procrastinating, let's harness that and let's use it to your benefit. You know, I love that because you're so right. Like procrastination and productivity seem like opposites. Like they seem like they're not. Yeah. Yeah. And so they seem like they're kind of forces that work against each other. But I love the idea of, and I saw you post something today just about what to do when you are procrastinating. And it seems like your approach is to kind of roll with it, to be like, okay, there's a reason I'm, I'm not pushing through and, and ticking off all the things on my list. Talk to us about that. Like what, what's your approach to procrastination (laughs) and why do you think, why do you think we feel so negative about it? Society, society, because it's kind of like, and again, it's a definition that's been given to it, right? So one thing I do straight away is to change my client's mindset by teaching them to get to a place where they have their own meaning about procrastination. So why I think that is, is because the meaning, right? Procrastination Mm. means delaying, putting off things in the dictionary, search it up. That's what comes up. Whereas I am defining it as waiting for the right time. And I actually came um, across this definition from an ancient Egypt um, culture where for them, procrastination is waiting for the right time. And I was really looking Mm. at myself and I'm like, okay, Ida, and this is a conversation that I have with my friends quite a bit where I'm like, sometimes I feel like doing nothing right? But then the next day, like I could wake up today and feel like binging a whole TV show and I'll do that. But the next day you'd be surprised the amount of ideas I will get and how productive I will become the next day because I allowed myself to wait for the right time. And so if you change the definition of something to a meaning that feels right for you and a meaning that is supportive and not limiting, all of a sudden yeah. you realize that you're able to use that same thing that you thought was bad to support you, right? So I think it boils down to meaning because right now the meaning is a negative meaning. It's not. It's one that's limiting. So yeah. people don't even want to come out and say, I'm a procrastinator or people are like fully claiming it in a limiting way saying, you know, I'm a serial procrastinator and therefore I can't get things done. No, ditch that. And come up with a meaning of procrastination that feels right for you, that supports you. And that meaning is you're waiting for the right time. And really you are because you don't want to put shit out there. I pardon my, my, you know, language. You want to put something out there that's meaningful. The reason why procrastination has gotten to a point where it feels like a negative thing is because of the meaning that we have assigned to it. Yeah. You know, because if, if you view it as a, a positive thing, then you can use it. You can harness it to work for you. And that's that's what I basically teach my clients to, to kind of do. Amazing. And do you have any quick tips for people to level up their productivity in their business? Yeah, and this might sound very contrary to what you've heard, but The first thing I say is that there's no point you even working on productivity if you don't have a bigger picture, right? And when I talk about a bigger picture, I'm not talking about, you know, um, I want to have a seven-figure year or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, legacy in terms of, you know, the big picture I'm talking about is like the legacy that you want to leave when you're no longer here, right? So it's like when you're not here, what do you want people to say about you? Right. So mine is I want people to say Ida is the one who, you know, 
because of her, I didn't give up. She's the one who encouraged me. She, Ida's the one who believed in me. She would never allow me to take no for an answer. These are the things that I want to hear people saying when I'm no longer here. So that is my bigger picture. Because think about it. If everything you're doing in terms of productivity does not fit in with what you want to leave you, the legacy that you want to leave behind, what's the point really? What's the point? I don't mean to be morbid, but if you're laying on your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking, oh, well, how much... Um, dishes like how many dishes that I wash or like how many posts that I put up you're not going to be thinking about those stuff yeah so my first tip is for you to really figure out what your bigger picture is you know the deeper meaning behind what you're doing and I feel like once you know that then the main thing is for you to focus on you know one thing at a time Mm. like just one thing at a time that's going to lead you towards that you know, that bigger picture. And the person that I now reference is an athlete called Michael Phelps. And on his to-do list, literally, he wakes up in the morning, it's like, wake up, jump in the pool, because his bigger picture is to become one of the, you know, the best um, swimmers in the world. So that's just all he does, right? So one thing I tell my client is, I'm like, what's your pool? What's a pool that you need to jump in every morning? What is that pool, you know? Figure out that pool and just focus on jumping in that pool every single morning. That's all you need to do. All those extras are things that you can delegate if it's not serving you. They're things that you can like get pay other people to do, you know, because how I see it and you said it before, you're like, it's all about productivity is all about, you know, managing your time and your energy, right? Yeah. I even focus more on energy because you can have all the time in the world if you don't have the energy. Well, the point? you can't really get far. There's no point. So how I view it, and it's interesting, I, I have a diagram because I did a live yesterday. So I'm just going to show the diagram here yeah. too. And I don't know if you can see. So I, I was kind of like, you know, imagine this circle as your energy, right? Yeah. And then each morning you've got like eight tasks on your to-do list, right? This is what you're doing. It's like you're using your energy eight on eight different tasks where let me try and focus eight different tasks right and imagine that energy is kind of like well i don't know how they measure energy but imagine each energy as an inch right so it's like you're using one inch on each task right and so you end up exhausting nine inches of energy on different tasks whereas you could do this where it's like you wake up each morning and you putting all the nine inch into one task. So it's it's kind of like you really asking yourself, do I want to go nowhere fast yeah. or do I want to go somewhere slowly but surely? And for me, I'd rather go somewhere slowly but surely, right? Yeah. Instead of just like going nowhere so fast, doing and too much. Yes, because it, it, you know? that's such a good way to put it because it's it can feel frantic, you know, like – some days I'll arrive at work and be like, oh my gosh, like the tasks that I have are in so many different areas that my brain can't even get into gear, get into deep work because mm. there's this frenzy around the amount of stuff we have to do. And I love your thought about, so productivity, like producing something is, it's really about creating something and building something. And we can be as effective at doing all of our tasks as we like but if it's not 
leading us to where we want to go, to the vision of our lives and of our business. There's no point. There's no point. That's such a good- There really isn't a point. Yeah, because you'll always have a to-do list. And I think the idea of boiling it down to, yeah, but what's the most, it's like that whole idea of we so often spend our time in urgent, unimportant tasks where we need to be spending our time in, often it's non-urgent tasks that are important. That's where we we need to be going, but it's we we kind of just do what's in front of us and we do the reactive thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's society, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, for a long time, I believe that too, and I'm so passionate about this. So whenever I talk about, it, I'm like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but for a long time, I believed that BS too, where I was like, Ida, if you didn't, if you don't work hard, you're not going to go anywhere. And then it's like I'm killing myself. Yeah doing so much, you know? And so I just got tired and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And now I wake up and I focus on what's important. And today what's important, my purpose today is doing this podcast because it's still leading me towards my bigger picture, right? You know, that's just it. And do you think that's part of why burnout is such a big issue now? Oh, massive. Like massive because most of the women that I talk to are normally talking about it's not that we don't want to sit down and rest. It's just the guilt that comes with it. Mm. You know, so it's like they feel so guilty even sitting down for a second just to take a break. It's almost like it's an abomination to take a break. Yeah. You know, and I'm like I'm always so mind blown because I'm like what a society where we believe that we can't even sit and enjoy. And it almost seems like, you know, doing things like watching a TV show or like just doing something fun yeah. is not productive. Like it's like you you can't, you're not allowed to do something that is not productive. Totally. Because if you do it, that guilt comes up. So it's like you're constantly wanting to do something, something just to make you feel like you're being productive. Yeah. But you know the interesting part at the end of the day? You don't even feel productive. Why? Because what you did did not lead you anywhere. It didn't lead you to any bigger picture. And what you're left with is that burnout. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's such an interesting, you know. And it's interesting to me thing. that burnout, and I know this isn't, you know, a hard and fast rule, but it seems to show mm. up more for women. I feel like that's really fascinating. Boy. Like what is it about us that feels like we need to, do more it's like we need to prove ourselves more or we're so terrified of letting people down or people thinking we're not competent or yeah asking for a break it's it's such a I can totally see that an outcome from COVID-19 will be that we realize man we need a bit more space in our lives like we need a bit more margin because it's it's exhausting. I know it's emotionally draining. It really draining. is. Yeah. So even talking about it, it's exhausting. Yeah. That so you can imagine how exhausting it is to have that in your body. And what you said in terms of like the women, and I've realized that it has to do with a lot of self worth. You know, because mm. it's like most women, their worth is tied to their doing. Yeah. You understand. Mm. So one of the other things that I work on with my clients is helping them you know, kind of track where that came from. Yes. And and release that 
trauma in order for them to gain that understanding that what you do has nothing to do with your worth like doing more has nothing like you can decide to chill the whole day and still be worthy because you are worthy point blank period yes you know I love so it, it really has to do with that self self-worth yeah. you know issue that really comes up for women and that's where the guilt and the shame comes when because when they sit down they feel like oh my god I'm not doing enough yeah oh, you know yeah and it's and it's really it's ingrained into society isn't it it's, it's a really so deeply yes it's and I love that you're speaking about this because I feel like there's a lot of conversation that happens, but I love that you're a qualified counselor, psychotherapist, like you come at it with this wealth of knowledge. That's not just like, Hey, I did this thing and it worked for me. So it'll probably work for you. It's actually, you're coming at it from a real um, position of authority and expertise, which I I love. Mm. But a part of, you know, this conversation today, I really wanted to speak with you about, diversity because I know a big part of what you are passionate about and <laughs> and a big part of you know the other podcast that you're on is about inclusion and diversity for women of color and I've really been looking forward to this conversation with you because I I love our chats that we have and I love being able to be open and honest with you because I think sometimes you know when we talk about race and when we talk about diversity there's a bit of fear around it and I remember I I spoke with you not long ago and part of how this all came up was we ran this International Women's Day campaign and Mm -hmm. it was something that I learned a lot from because we planned this campaign and we had seven women join us on this podcast and Mm -hmm. it was beautiful it was a really great conversation but I remember in the planning I'd said to our team we need to make sure that there are women of color on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we approached a number of women and in the end, like the people we approached, they said they weren't available and that was fine. But then what happened was, and and kind of where I went wrong in this whole process, and I'm totally happy to be totally transparent about this. I got caught in the busyness of it. And I went from... Mm. I just was like, had kind of the the blinkers on in my business and went, okay, I've just got to kick on and keep going. And then when it went live, we received a couple of of comments and, and messages from people saying, hey, I'm a bit disappointed this wasn't more diverse. And I was disappointed in myself. And, you know, I had this moment of like, and I spoke with you and I, I called you and was like, what am I doing? And, <laughs> and freaked out. I was so like, oh my gosh, how have I done this? And, and what I loved was you were so gracious and so kind, but you were also very honest with me and I really appreciate it. And so I thought we should have this conversation on the podcast and have our mm-hmm. community hear your take, because I think this is something that you know, long past the the trending nature of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, I want this to be a conversation that continues and it's not it's not a trend. I want it to be something that's really core to the way that I operate my business and the way that our community operates. So mm-hmm. 
with that being said, I want to talk about race. <laughs> and I want to talk about Let's do it. I feel like let's do it. Let's do it. And you know, <laughs> I love I just love that you're really open. So I'm really I'm really grateful for your honest conversations and I'm really grateful for this conversation today because I know having already had conversations with you I know me personally I'm going to receive a lot from it and get a lot of insight so and I know our community will as well but firstly can you Ida like talk to me about your experience as a woman of color in business are there specific challenges you have to overcome and and are they like daily challenges that we wouldn't know about yeah so before we even get into this conversation, I want to say that what I say is not representative of yeah. all black people. Yeah. Okay. This is my personal view and this is my journey and how it has been. And that's all I can speak on. Right. So I, how I approach life and everything I do is very different to many people. And I'm sure everyone has a way to approach it. So before I came into the business world, yes, I was aware of all the limitations and all the things that could go wrong, right? In terms of like my race and being a black woman and whatnot. But I chose to not focus on that. And I chose to just come into the business world, into, you know, onto social media as me, as Ida, you know, who happens to be a black woman and just connect to people and, you know, empower people. That's the two things that I really am passionate about. So that was my you know, outlook on starting a business. Not to say that there hasn't been any challenges whatsoever. And I know this is going to be a surprising conversation for you because I'm not going to come from a place where I'm like, oh, it's like this, because I just choose not to focus mm. on what could go wrong. And I choose to focus on what can work. And I find with that mindset, I have been able to make some beautiful connections, you know, and it's interesting because I, after we even had our conversation our chat I was like oh you know let me go and look at our you know my own circle and my own connection and I realized that I've got almost every culture and race in my connection but it's not something that I did you know consciously yeah. I did not consciously say oh let me connect to a white person let me connect to a black person no I focused on the things that I love which is just genuine connections, getting to know people and empowering people and through that I've met people. So that's just what I'm going to say. Yes, my challenges has been the challenges that I would say most people have in the business world. Yes, you know, it might be like maybe I haven't been been on certain, you know, podcasts or I haven't like my voice hadn't been put forward or what, whatever. Like, yes, these challenges are there. But as I said, I'm going to be very honest and transparent. It's something that I don't personally focus on yeah. because I know my, I know I'm not going to take no for an answer. If I come to you, Laura, and you say no, I'm going to go to the next person because I know that I can get yes from another white person. Yes. If 10 white people say no, I will get a yes from another. So that's just my approach yeah. really. I um, love that. To answer that question, yeah. And what would you say to someone who, like me, wants to have these types of conversations but is just kind of terrified of saying the wrong thing? Like what would you say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, again, I would just say you're terrified because our motive is so powerful, isn't mm. it? You know, whenever you're going to do something, if at the back of your mind you have – 
an underlining intention, like for instance, if you're going to reach out to someone, you're like, really and truly, your goal is to maybe get them on a podcast or get them to join something because they're black, that's going to show and you're going to be nervous. But if your intention is pure and genuine, I feel like you can have an open and honest conversation, just getting to know people, you know? So if you reached out to, you know, a black person, be honest and open. And I'm going to share this with you. So recently I was having a conversation with some of my black friends and I was like, you know what guys, I've realized that we talk about being pro black and really supporting black people and black voices. But what about the first nations women? Like I I was looking around and I was like, I don't know any first nation woman. And I was like, no, Ida, this is something that I have to do better on. And when I reached out, I was honest and open. So I feel like it's always good for you to be honest, open and transparent. I reached out and I said, you know what? I literally wrote exactly what I've said to you. And I said, I realized this and I wanted to do better. And I wanted to start by simply following different first, you know, nations, women, and just support them. And I started with you. So Thanks for being here and thanks for what you're doing. And she appreciated that. I love it. And I feel like if if everybody takes that approach of being honest and transparent, like talk about why you're reaching out. Yep. If you're reaching out because you've realized you have no black, uh, what's a, I'm trying to find a, a good word. Well, okay, it's not coming to me. Like if you look, if you look. If you look at your network. Um, at your network, thank you. If you look at your network and you don't have any black person there and that's your goal yeah. be honest and open about it don't just reach out and say oh hey girl how are you people can see through the bs right, right? yeah reach out and be honest be transparent say i looked at my network there were no black people i want to do better and i want to start by supporting you is that okay i love that if you get 10 no's i promise you you're gonna get one yes yeah and that's that's the price that you have to pay to get to know people yeah and it does i don't even think that it matters what race you you are yeah I love that because I think that's something that a lot of business owners want to be more inclusive in their business and and Mm. particularly in their marketing right but finding and building the network and relationships you can't do that overnight and it feel and so I think it's that thing of going okay this is a long game and and what the what I see in the trends is that it feels like no, you need to have, you need to make friends, you need to build your network and make sure that you've got black friends and you've got, you know, Chinese friends and, and you know, Indigenous Australian friends and making sure that you have all of these, this network. And that I think it's hard because for me, I would feel inauthentic doing what you're saying, like as in going, just following someone and being like, hey, how you doing? Love what you're doing without actually saying, Hey, I I want to be more inclusive and I want to do better. Like I just love to n- not even, you know, not even necessarily be like, "Hey, come on my podcast," but more like I just I'm just checking in, just sending you a DM, yeah. you know? Because I think it's it's period. Really um in being authentic, I think a lot of the challenge is how do you actually build your network in a way that is authentic and doesn't feel like a token because that feels that feels like not in line with my values you know I I want everything I do to be authentic and that's and 
so I think building those relationships, you can't do that overnight. It feels like that's true. It's something that needs to happen um, slowly. I love that your approach is is one to one. It's like searching them on Instagram, finding people on Instagram, and and sending a DM or whatever to just just actually connect. I think that's yeah. really really great. So yeah. when you see a white business or a white person missing the mark, so missing an opportunity in their marketing to be diverse and to be inclusive, do you have an immediate response? Is that something that you immediately feel like, oh, that's frustrating? Like how does that actually make you feel? Yeah, so I think initially I wouldn't say it it makes me feel frustrated but what comes up for me is, you know, there's work to be done. Yeah. Okay. There's work to be done. And I, w- I always look at me first because change, if change is going to come about, it starts with me. Yeah. Right. And so I look at, okay, Ida, there's work to be done. And how can I, Ida, how can I make sure that, you know, I am making people aware. Mm. Right. And my way is when you reached out to me, I could have just said, oh, not whatever, but I saw an opportunity and I'm like, you know what? This is an opportunity for me to be honest and open and possibly educate Laura in a way that she can realize that, oh, okay, next time this is how I can do better. Yes. You understand? So it's like when I'm presented with that situation, I can do one of two things. I can either, you know, be like, yep, not you're canceled. Or I can either see that as an opportunity to get you to see another perspective, yes. an opportunity for change, right? An opportunity for a conversation. I you love know, it. That can cause change. You understand? So that's that's how I I approach it. Yes, and and you really did that with me. Like we spoke on the phone, and you were really. It was such a humbling, beautiful moment for me because I really felt like you weren't, you know, I felt like I'd missed the mark, but you weren't going, Laura, no, you, you didn't, you didn't have this thing of, well, that's it. You're, you're done for kind of thing. You had this, I love (laughs) that you were like, you know what, it's just an opportunity to be better. And, you know, I think it is such a testament to you and the, and the way that you operate that actually it, it became an opportunity for me to be better, you know, and to um, really actively think about this more and actively go, right, how can we be more diverse? How can we seek opportunities to be inclusive? So I think that's a really beautiful approach. And, you know, when we had people yeah. in that International Women's Day campaign, we had, I think we only received a couple of messages. We received one message and, and you know, some of the messages were really um some of the messages were really beautiful and I had one message and she she contacted me and she said I just wanted to check in I'm curious like she was really open she just said I just noticed that this was really white (laughs) you know and she was like it 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 wasn't this wasn't diverse and she she just kind of was like I just I wanted to have a conversation with you about it and my response I decided anytime I get a message like that on Instagram or an email or actually mostly on Instagram, I was like, 
I'm going to respond with a voice message. So a practical thing for me was responding with a voice message so they can hear my tone, so they can kind of hear where I'm coming from. And I really just said, do you know what? I dropped the ball. And and here's what we're going to do to be better. Here's what we, we're actually um, actively going to start pursuing guests on our podcast and we're going to make sure that it's more inclusive because this is this needs to align with our values and this is something that I value. And her response to that really was beautiful and she responded with a voice message and so it it opened this conversation between me and her and Lovely. I was really grateful for that because it was it wasn't her her response to me and her message to me wasn't judgmental it wasn't harsh it was you know, really curious and polite and and open. And so I guess what I want to know from you, Ida, is if someone listening or if if someone in our community sees a brand that they think you guys could do better or you guys could could be more inclusive, what do you think is the best and most respectful way to, you know, make someone aware of of their lack of diversity yeah and I'm gonna answer this question two parts okay one I'm gonna remove myself from this conversation and answer it as an observer another black you know woman observing who is not where I am in my journey because if we probably had this conversation maybe five years ago it'd be different because I've had to obviously do a lot of work on myself, I've gone through my journey and I've come to do more of what works for Ida and yes. what's better for the whole world, okay? So now looking in as another black person who is, you know, where I'm not at, it can be very, very frustrating to feel like, you know, you need to educate yep. people about what they need to do, right? And I believe that that's why sometimes people are frustrated or, you know, sometimes these black people that come across a bit, you know, angry or frustrated, it's because yes, they are angry and they are frustrated because they feel as though they're not being heard. They feel as though we've heard this, I'll do better. I'm going to be inclusive over and over and over again. We're sick and tired of it. Mm -hmm. So stuff it. We're just going to, we're not even going to bother anymore. Do you get what I mean? So, there's always a better approach, but I don't want to sit here as a black woman and also not understand where, you know, the the black people who are angry or frustrated about this situation feel. I totally understand them. However, this is my approach and I believe that this can get us closer to uniting, more so um, approaching it in a way that's very, you know, I suppose, angry and emotionally charged, if you get what I mean. So now I'm going to answer it as Ida, okay? So for me, I feel like it's always first, if I'm reaching out, then I'm reaching out to try and understand. Yeah. You know? So I feel like if every situation, if your motive is to go in to try and understand, then there's a possibility for an open communication there's a possibility as i said you know putting the the um, accent on possibility or put yeah exactly so if if because if you reach out and you're emotionally charged already people are on the defense because no one wants to feel like 
their shit, that they didn't do a good job. (laughs) We're all human at the end of the day. When we stuff up, just generally, when we stuff up and someone calls us out on it, it makes us feel like shit, right? So we don't want to feel like, yeah, we've done something. However, if you come around and you, you know, you're like, hey, as you said, some people reach out and it was beautiful. So it's like, hey, I've noticed that this and I'm wondering, you know, um, what made you decide to have all white women on it? Mm-hmm. Or do you think it could have been better to reach out to some other, you know, um, women of color just so you can have like a, a diverse conversation or, you know, other perspectives? Do you get what yes. I mean? So I feel like when you put it this way, then you're not pointing fingers and saying you're bad, like you did this wrong and you're, you know, then it's almost like attacking the person, but you don't want to attack the person. You want to deal with the situation. You want to improve the situation, if you get what I mean. Yeah. And I love that your intention is in reaching out to someone, it's seeking to understand first and then yeah. being understood. I love that it's, that's a really beautiful way to put it. And I totally can resonate and understand why women of colour or people of colour would be at this point frustrated and angry and sick of trying to educate Mm. people who use this lingo to try to sound good. You know, I I could totally see that and and I think that makes so much sense to me. So, and I love that, you know, your approach is – is really to understand. And I think if if we can both, you know, I'm not trying to solve the world's problems here, but I think if <laughs> I think if it's seeking to understand and then be understood, it's a really I just think as a rule for life, you know, I think that's a really beautiful way to do to communicate and to communicate with people yeah. who are different and to communicate with people who you don't agree with or or maybe that you have conflict with. Like I think in general, I think that's a really great way um, to do that. And I, I think I love what you're saying about it, it's not just kind of going, oh, well, we'll cancel them. Because sincerely, I had this moment of, oh, my gosh, what happens if I get cancelled? <laughs> you know, when you're like, oh, I've just stuffed it. You know, it feels like – and so it really made me kind of think, okay, there are more factors at play here, which leads me to my next question. You asked me, when, when we spoke on the phone, you asked me a really honest and challenging question. You said, Laura, are you doing this to look good or to be better? And to me, that idea of the motives behind this work that we need to be doing, it can't just be about looking good, you know, and, it, and I love that you're already saying people can tell and I think it's really transparent. But how do you, how do you discern the difference between someone's motive? Like if they're trying to look good, if it's a token invite, you know, or if it's a sincere desire to be informed, to be more educated and to be inclusive of people of colour and Indigenous Australians, what can, how do you discern that? Yeah, and I think for me, (laughs) when this whole Black Lives Matter movement thing started and, you know, it was quite up there. So I saw on social media everyone posting, let's lift black voices and people come. I was just, I knew because I was like, oh, Lord, here we go again. (laughs) Because it's something that's happened over and over and over again. You know, a protest, something happens and everyone jumps on, yes, we're going to do better, yay. 
and then it dies down and nothing is done. People go back to their normal businesses, right? Yeah. Nothing is done. Why? Because people, you know, the, the white people who want to help don't really even understand why they want to help. Mm. So for me, what would make me discern this is two things. One white person really understands the importance, like why they truly want to include people of color and women of color into, you know, their network or just generally be inclusive, right? The other one doesn't really understand it. They, they, they understand it conceptually, but they don't really understand why they want to do it in the first place. So it's like whenever the protest happens, they jump on it and then they get off it. We can tell. Yeah. Right, the people who just jump on the bus and get off when it suits them—they jump on when it suits them. They get off when it suits them, right? And then they're the ones who genuinely want to really help, but they genuinely want to really help because they understand the importance. They understand why they really need to help. That's the difference. So, one thing I really want to tell the listeners is: it's not just about you know being an ally. Why do you want to be an ally? Do you understand? you know, what it means to be an ally. Like, why? It's just like, when you started your business, why did you start your business? It's the same thing. Because if you don't understand the why behind you wanting to be an ally with, you know, black people or women of color, you're going to keep dropping the ball Mm. because you're doing it for the sake of doing it, right? And I can't, I can't give you the why. You need to figure that out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, you need to figure out why it's important for you to do that because then, then no one even needs to tell you to be inclusive. You know why you're doing it, you know. And an example is for me right now, as I keep saying, why the reason why I've got different, you know, people, like I've got almost everyone in my network is because I lead with my heart and I want, I truly want this world to be a place that is, you know, heart-centered, you know, people leading or people being in this world going from the heart. So my thing is, in order for me to do that, I can't only do that with people of color or black people. I need to include everybody because I need everybody's voice. If we're going to be a world that is heart-centered, we need to do it together. Mm. This is what pushes me to build the genuine connection. I can't tell you this like i can't sit on this podcast and tell you do this i'm doing you a disservice because you're gonna keep dropping the ball you don't know why you want to be an ally anyway you don't even know why you want to support so i'm hoping that your takeaway from this is to figure out why because Mm. once you get your why that's what's gonna push you yeah and it's no longer gonna be about like you're no longer gonna be having meetings thinking oh let's make sure we have a black person or let's make sure we have a person of color you're gonna have the meeting having that focal, it's, it, you know, yes, or that, it's that central. Core. Yeah. Do you get yes. what I mean? It becomes central of what you're doing. So it automatically happens and you automatically attract different people I of love color. It. You attract the people you need to build what it is that you're building. Yeah. I love that. And I think, yeah, I think it's about like what you're saying. It's this transformation of, it can't just be about um, the surface level, the trends, the the hashtags, you know, it has to be a yeah. deeper work. 
And I, I think that is just so, so true. And and then it goes to show that it's a slow work, I think, as well, right? Because it's exactly it's um, something that you know. It's when we take the time to learn, and when we take the time to be educated, it takes time. You know, it actually takes time. And, it does. And yeah. I love that you know your approach is really much more about changing and transforming your own. Even the narrative that we have and, and the the fear around it, because I think there is fear around it. I think there's fear of yeah. doing or saying the wrong thing or, you know, like, and that can kind of make us not act. If we feel like, oh, I don't know what to do, it can make us feel stuck. But I love that you're just exactly. so practical. That's really, really practical. So, okay, I've got four rapid fire questions for you. Let's do it. Let's do it. So finish this sentence. Diversity and, mm-hmm. and inclusion look like this. Okay. I would say it looks like floating on water. Okay. Yeah. For me. Yeah. And I say that because, okay, so it's fast, right? No, yeah, but you, okay, you, so you go, you go. There, no, 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 explain. I can, explain. I can, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I can't swim. And when I need to float on water, it requires a lot of trust and it requires, you know, just trust with myself and with the water as well. It requires me to trust that the water is going to hold me. And the water requires me to trust that the water requires to trust that I also know how to, to swim. Right. So it's like, I feel like it's, it's like how it is when I'm floating on water, we both need trust. So that's what I believe it is. That's beautiful. Okay. What is one thing white people need to stop saying? that I'm going to be inclusive. I'm going to be inclusive. I'm going to like do it. <laughs> yes. <You know. laughs> I love that. Okay. What are your top three resources you recommend for us to check out to continue this work? Yep. And I, again, I know that this is fast, um, but I wanted to provide resources that are supportive, yes. you know, um, not so much ones. So um, there's anti-racism daily. And I'll give you these so you can put it down. So Anti-Racism Daily is a good um, uh, page to check out on Instagram. There's also Check Your Privilege. That's another good page. They're very supportive as well. And Glow Graphics. So I particularly like Glow Graphics because she takes our conversations that are like pretty heavy to talk about. And I love her tagline because she says, I take the weight out of, you know, the difficult conversations. So it's a really, these are like really good pages to kind of follow and begin the work, the deep work we've spoken about. I love that. And we'll put links to those in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> and final question, your biggest piece of advice to help our listeners on the journey to becoming, to actually having that transformation in themselves. Yeah. And I'm going to go back to what I said before, you know, figure out why you want to be an ally and why you want to be inclusive. When you figure that out for yourself, then you're not gonna be dropping the ball because you truly do understand why you're doing it. And it will become central to everything that, you know, um, you do in your life, your business. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you are so wise. And this has been such a beautiful conversation and I'm very honored and humbled and grateful. And I feel like a 
ball of mush <laughs> just talking to you. So thank you so much. It's honestly, Ida, no, thank you. you are, the way you communicate is, it's really beautiful and soft at the same time. It's direct. And I think, I just hope this opens up conversations for our listeners. Yeah. I hope this opens up new opportunities to really do the slow work that's required. And yeah, I, I feel very grateful for you and for this conversation. So thank you so much. Yay. Thanks for having me, Laura. I'm so grateful. And as you said, I do hope that this does open up, you know, conversations and yeah, like it, I hope it takes away that uh, cringiness and it allows for transparency and honesty yeah. around this rather difficult and challenging um, topic. Yeah. Oh. It can be. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And where can people follow you and find you online? Yeah, so you can find me at, well, on Instagram. That's where I'm mainly, you know, active. On underscore A underscore heel. That's where I play. So just, hey, come say hi, jump into my DMs and let's just help continue the conversations then. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ida. You are beautiful and I'm, I have I have no more words. I have nothing left to say. I'm just, oh, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining Thanks. us. Thanks, Laura. Wow. <laughs> I feel kind of at a loss for words, but... I just hope that that conversation has inspired you and empowered you to really start working on this area and growing in this area. And just a reminder that it's a slow work. It's not something we do overnight. So I want to encourage you with that. Go do your wonderful thing. Have an incredible week. I'll see you back here. Same place, same time. In the meantime, go get them. <laughs>